Welcome to the Lake Point Church Weekend Messages Podcast. Thanks for joining us to hear the latest sermons happening at our church. We pray that God speaks to you in a timely way through this message. And if you're encouraged by this podcast, be sure to rate, review, and share it to help get the word out. You can find more digital content to feed your faith and our other podcasts by visiting lakepoint.church/digital. Now, let's tune into the message for today. Kind of had a behind-the-scenes view with Steve a little bit. Does anything about that stand out to you? Yeah, a lot of times I've traveled with him, you know, on mission trips, and he's speaking to um, church leaders, whether it's a church and all their leaders or it's multiple pastors. But when he's sharing information, it's always incredible information. Everybody's taking notes. They're asking questions. And the thing, when it's all finished, the thing that sticks with me is this, that he never point his information never points to him as a great man. It always points to Christ as a great Savior. Ken, another thing that I really admire about Steve is his just unique ability to take complexity and confusion and translate that into simple truth. I, he can take concepts that I struggle with and don't understand and turn it into one or two sentences that make perfect and absolute sense and are consistent with God's will. And then humility. Mm. You know, you wouldn't think someone with all those skills would be humble, but he is. He's truly humble. Uh, integrity, mm, and those are the words one. I thought of, and then uh, determined to finish well. Yeah. You know, that's so great. Steve, words cannot express my gratitude to you for just painting a picture of what it really looks like to live a life of a fully developing follower of Christ, and then inviting me and everyone else to come with you in that life. I am so thankful for your 40 years of service, sacrifice, and joy in leading this church. So well said, Garen. I wouldn't, I, I agree 100%. And I know uh, I speak for everyone in the church, Steve, when we say, God bless you and we love you. Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've heard somebody say before that some people cost happiness wherever they go, and some people cost happiness whenever they go. <laughs> and uh, Pastor Steve is, uh, he's not going anywhere. Um, he's remaining, you know, on our uh, staff in a leadership role, and you're, you're still gonna see him around teaching every now and then. Um, but we all know that he's a person who uh, he causes happiness wherever he goes. And what I've noticed is uh, that everybody's got a Steve story. Um, everybody has like kind of that one moment in their life where Steve was there, or said something that God used to shift the tra trajectory of their life. Um, I had a, a moment, um, it was actually over a year ago when I was having kind of a life crisis and uh, didn't know who to call and, and so I called you know, my mentor, I called Pastor Steve. And we were walking through it, and it actually had to do with the timeline of me being able to come to Lake Point, and it looked like something might kind of sabotage that timeline and, and be really painful. And uh, I called him, and I was freaking out. And Steve on the phone was just as calm as could be, just as full of faith and happy, that kind of thing. And when the call ended, I just said, man, uh, Steve, you've got a lot more faith than me. And he said, uh, no, I have more experience with a faithful God. A lot of us have those moments where it was just that moment where God just used him to, to say something. 
Uh, it's hard to know what to say in moments like this, so I'm just gonna read the Bible. This is uh, from Hebrews 13. Hebrews 13 says, remember your leaders, those who spoke to you the word of God. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. And when we look at 40 years of Steve's way of life and uh, the faith that he exhibited, here's the outcome of that. 16,000 people baptized, $45 million given away to global missions that resulted in more than 20 strategic partners globally in churches around the world. 42 church plants in the United States that have baptized a collective 12,000 people. If we had months or years to try to do the homework, we would never be able to quantify the number of people saved, orphans adopted, villages that have water, women rescued out of human trafficking, and we could go on and on and on. And so what I wanted to do was just for us to, in this moment, make visible the outcome of his way of life. And so would you do this? Um, at all of our campuses, would you please stand right now if you or someone in your family was saved or baptized under Steve's ministry in the last 40 years? Would you please stand? Wait, wait, wait you're gonna have your chance. You'll have your chance. Would you please stand if you would say that uh, something Steve said or did impacted you in the middle of a life crisis? Would you please stand? <laughs> would you please stand if you would say, I'm not sure that I would be in church today if it weren't for Pastor Steve's ministry? Would you please stand? And would you please stand if you'd say, uh, my family, my children, and my marriage are different and better because of Pastor Steve's ministry. Would you please stand right now? And Pastor Steve, I hope you can see the room. Uh, Lake Point family, would you please help me collectively join with heaven to say to Pastor Steve, well done, good and faithful servant. Wait, stay standing. Um, Pastor Steve's family is here and they're gathered right up here in the front. And uh, I grew up in a, a pastor's family as well. And um, you know, there's a lot of like uh, secret sacrifices and uh, a lot of uh, quiet, I call them quiet crucifixions that uh, the family makes uh, to help a, a ministry like this happen over the course of 40 years. Would you please now show Steve's family how grateful you are for them? Thank you. 
so much. Thank you so much. Now you're allowed to sit down. I <laughs> uh, do want you to know this. You know, there's so many people who've kind of been saying, man, there's a story I'd love. He, Pastor Steve has no idea that this, he did this in our lives and this happened. So we wanted to make a way for you to get those words to him. So we've set up an email address. If you would send any notes of encouragement, any stories that you have to thank Pastor Steve for these 40 years of ministry, you can send those to the email address thankyou at lakepoint.org. Just send those to thank you at lakepoint.org. I promise you two things. One, I promise that he will see them. And two, we do not want to plant the burden on him to have to personally respond to all of them. So I uh, promise those two things. Uh, and then we also want you to know that uh, on behalf of Lake Point Church, as a very small token of our appreciation for 40 years of sacrifice and faithful ministry, uh, we as a church are sending Steve, his children, and his grandchildren on a trip to Hawaii together. So we are very happy to do that. That's right. <laughs> yes. Uh, we thought... We thought after spending 40 years with us, the best gift would be to get him away from us. And so that kind of thing. Well, here's the thing. On a day like today, we were kind of wondering, you know, who's the right person to preach on Pastor Steve's 40th anniversary, his last day as senior pastor? Who's the right person? And initially what we thought was, well, it's obviously got to be Pastor Steve. Got to be, we got to hear from Steve. But then we thought, man, it sure feels rough to make a guy work on his last day in that role. And so um, here's what we'd like you to do. If you just please buckle up, give your attention to the screen, we would like for you to hear from Pastor Steve over the last 40 years. I was talking to a group of ministers the other day about how to prepare a message. And I said, one of the things that you need to worry about is getting everyone's attention. Because if you don't have their attention, it doesn't matter what you say after that. And so I suggested that they might uh, ask a penetrating question. They might tell a dramatic story, but if all else fails, ride into the auditorium on a motorized vehicle. God has given the people of Lake Point Baptist Church a vision. He is calling us to share his love with each and every person in the Lake Ray Hubbard area. And I want to invite you to participate in that vision, to help us see it become a reality. There are three things that I would like to ask you to do. First of all, as a member of this church, find your place in a small Bible study group. As you do that, you're going to put yourself in a position to be ministered to by others. And you also uh, allow yourself to be used as a minister in meeting the needs of other people. Secondly, I want to encourage you to find a place of ministry, a place of service, either using your talents or the supernatural gifts that God has given you. I believe that every believer has a gift from God that they need to use in the body of Christ. Finally, I want to ask you to joyfully, to cheerfully participate by financially underwriting the ministries of this church. God will bless you as you do that, as you give away a little of your selfishness, and as you're forced to look at your priorities and where your own heart is, but he'll also bless the church as that provides the necessary funds for us to reach out to people. I'm asking you to share God's love with others because people matter to God. You know, when you 
one to put out a fire, the first thing that you do is to separate the logs. It seems that when those logs are together, the fact that they're combined, that they're laying on each other, gives them a greater potential for combustion. That when you separate those logs, they begin to die out. In fact, you can have a burning fire and take one log out of that fire and set it over to the side. And in time, it will stop burning. In fact, it will become cold. But you can take that piece of lumber and you can push it back into that raging fire and it is encouraged by the rest of that fire. And it will begin to burn again and give light again and give warmth once again. Same thing is true in the church. We need each other. God has made us for fellowship. Something's got to change. One of the things that's got to change is what's going on in our homes. You know that less than 10% of kids whose parents go to church have any kind of faith discussion or discussions about values with their parents in the home? Can you imagine that? In other words, we load up the kids in the car and we go to church, we spend an hour or two, we drive home, and then nobody talks about it. Nobody's praying with their kids other than mealtime. Nobody's reading the Bible with their kids. Nobody's on mission doing ministry together with their kids. Less than 10% of kids who go to church are having any kind of religious experience with their parents other than an occasional mealtime prayer. And we wonder why we're losing our own kids. Guys, the church does have a job. The job of the church is to equip you as parents to inspire and to nurture the faith of your own children. And we're gonna remind you of that again and again and again. More than remind you, we're gonna resource you. We're gonna train you. We're gonna get behind you. We're gonna help you. But friends, we cannot do your job for you. There's a verse that I've shared with you before. Many of you will be familiar with it. It's one of my favorite verses. It comes out of Colossians 1, 9 and 10. And in that verse, Paul says, I pray that you might be filled with the knowledge of God's will with all spiritual understanding so that you might walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, bearing fruit in due season, and then increasing in the knowledge of God. And what you have is you have a circle where we get information. But more than just information, that we come to understand it, or another way to say is we come to apply it, and then move from that, move from information to application, and then move from that to obedience, where we obey what it says. And then the Bible says that what's going to happen is that we're going to get fruit. We're going to get results. And that the result of that is that we want to increase in our knowledge of God's will. I pray that you might be filled with the knowledge of God's will, with all spiritual understanding, so you might walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. You might bear good fruit in the right season and increase in the knowledge of God. Friends, that's what the Bible's talking about when it says a man is blessed if he finds wisdom and then gains understanding. The core truth, the one thing you need to know about marriage is that you must begin by having a right relationship with God. And out of that right relationship with God will flow some things that will make all the difference in the world in your marriage. So, you know, one of the ways I think that we can enhance our spiritual intimacy is to serve God together, to be partners in ministry. Over the last 30 years, Marsha has been very faithful to assist me in my ministry. And I've had opportunities from time to time to be a helper to her in her ministry. You know, one of the dimensions that we've really missed in our marriage that as we begin to share a mutual vision together, this new mutual vision, 
is that we really have never had our ministry. A ministry that uniquely used my gifts and passions and Marsha's gifts and passions, where she wasn't helping me with my ministry and I wasn't helping her with her ministry, even though those are wonderful things, but where we had a ministry together and God has revealed to us a ministry that God has called us together as a couple to. Now, I gotta be honest, like you, when we found out eight years ago that Marsha had cancer, we knelt beside our bed and we prayed, Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from us. We know that this is a world that has fallen and until you create a new heaven and a new earth, that sickness and death is a part of this life. But Father, will you spare us? Would you let the cup pass from us? And then we prayed the prayer that Jesus prayed the night before his crucifixion. But not our will, but your will be done. And we started walking a path that neither one of us would ever choose but it's a path that God has redeemed. It gave you a chance to love on us as a family. It gave me an opportunity to serve my wife in a way that I would never have been able to serve her and brought us into an intimacy that we had not experienced before. And now has given us a ministry together with understanding that we would not have had. Let the cup pass, we pray, on so many things. Nevertheless, not our will, but yours. And when we do, we pray that prayer and it puts us in alignment in God's perfect and permissive will that allows him to take us places that we would never have chosen to gone, go, but to do in us and through us what we've never been able to accomplish. I wear a ring on my hand, and it's very rare that this ring is not on my hand because I'm proud of the fact that Marcia picked me, all right? 43 years ago, she picked me. And, and I want to say so. I want to say I have a relationship, a deep and abiding commitment. And that's what happens when we cross from just knowing about God and believing about God and having a re unique relationship with Him. By the way, that's, you do know that there are a lot of people in America who are dating God but haven't gotten married to Him yet. You do realize that. They like God, they think he's cute, okay? They even talk to him, that's called prayer, but they've never gotten married to him. What's the difference between dating somebody and being married to somebody? Nobody ever gets that wrong. It's commitment, it's when you enter into a unique relationship with that person that you don't have with anybody else. And that's what happens when we get saved, when we become Christians. We enter into a unique relationship with Jesus that we don't have with anyone else where we're trusting Christ to do two things for us. First of all, we're trusting him to forgive our past. That's why he died on the cross, so he would pay the punishment for our past and we didn't have to pay for it. And then second of all, that we're entering into this unique relationship where we're trusting him and him alone to govern our life or be the Lord and Master of our life. Don't miss this. This may be worth the trip right here. Don't miss this. This may be worth the trip today. That may have been worth the trip right there. This may be worth the trip, okay? And this may be worth the trip today. All right, that may have been worth the trip right there. And God said, just trust me on this. Inside of the parameters, inside of the restrictions that I've given you, you'll have everything that you need for life and happiness. Just trust me. Walk with me. Do life deeply with me. But Adam and Eve decided to go independent. Now God had warned them, he'd given them fair warning. He said, the day that you go over the fence, 
and you eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, that day you will surely die. And one day they crawled over the fence, and they ate the forbidden fruit. And that night, Adam got a stomachache. And Eve wasn't feeling too hot either. And then Adam said, I feel a little dizzy. And then he... Now, I got to be honest with you. I debated a long time about whether to do this or not. Because I'm figuring there's a lot of folks who have invited their guests tonight <laughs> who are real uncomfortable about now. <laughs> but I also figured uh, about this time that people would start drifting in terms of their thinking, and this would get their attention. When Adam and Eve chose not to trust God, paradise was lost. Ever since that time, we've been searching for paradise and unable to find it, we've tried to recreate it by controlling the people in our life or the circumstances. We think if I could just get the right job or marry the right person or own the right things, then maybe I could recreate paradise. Why is it that paradise is so elusive? Why with all our ingenuity, our energy, the resources that we have, why can't we recreate paradise? Maybe it's because we really don't know what constituted paradise. See, paradise is the presence of God in your life. Some of you are a little uncomfortable just being in a church tonight, even though it's Christmas Eve and the whole family was doing it. So you were the draggy and came along anyway. But you're a little uncomfortable because you have got in your mind that you have done something that God could never forgive you for. And I want you to know you're wrong. It is for the sin that you committed that Christ came as a little baby, that he lived a perfect life, and then he laid his life down so he could look at you and say, no matter what you have done, I forgive you. Yeah, you are so small. Look at you. You're just a baby. <laughs> I don't know what I expected, but you're just a little baby. We're going to call you Jesus. Yes, we are. Look at those little hands. It's not like that big old hand there. Look at that hand. That ugly old hand. That's the hand of a carpenter. Yeah, it is. Your hands will never look like that. No. Yours are the hands of a king. That's because you're God's little chosen one. Yes, you are, Jesus. Quite an honor to be God's chosen one. Yes, it is. Yeah quite an honor but let me tell you a little secret Jesus sometimes it can be a burden yeah to be God's chosen one sometimes it's a heavy burden to bear but we don't have to worry no because God is with us God is with us in fact I sense that now more than ever before that our God is with us yeah, listen, you know, I've heard all this stuff before, but trust me, there's about as much chance of that being true as there is for your pastor to come drop down out of the ceiling of this big auditorium.
There was a uh, television series in the 1960s, early 70s, uh, called Mission Impossible. And then there were a couple movies that were made by the same title. And in that presentation, there was a fellow by the name of Ethan Hunt. And whenever they had an impossible case, they would put it in a file marked Mission Impossible. And then they would bring it and give it to Ethan Hunt because he was the kind of person who could take a mission that had previously been declared impossible and make it possible. I want to ask you to think about a question today as you hear the message. Here's the question. What have you put in that folder? You remember that Abraham took his son out on that same hill and uh, according to God's command was about to sacrifice his son. Right before he did, God stopped him and God provided a lamb in the place of his son. In the same way, God has provided a sacrificial lamb for your sin and mine. Uh, his name was Jesus Christ. And it was on this hill that uh, he laid down willingly his life. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now to really understand that, we've got to begin with the word sin. If you just take that word sin, if you really want to understand it, it's just that middle letter right there. And what it's all about is it's understanding that sin is when I do things my way instead of God's way. And the Bible says that the wages of sin or the results of me doing that is death. Now, anytime you see the word death in the Bible, it means separation. There is something called spiritual death, and that is when you and I are separated from God for eternity. If I was going to draw that, I would draw it something like this. This side, I would put you or I, and over there on this other side, I would put God. And that's really what has happened is when we decide to run our own life, what we do is we push God out of our life. And here's a God that created us, a God who knows what's best for us, a God who wants to be our partner in life, and a God who wants to take us to heaven when we die, and we have separated ourselves from him. Because see, there's a lot of us who are here today and we say, you know what, I'd like to come back to God, but I could never be good enough. Agreed. I would say that most people think that this is the answer. That what we have to do is we just have to rack up enough good deeds and if we can rack up enough good deeds that finally what would happen is that that bridge would uh, cause us to come over here and be reunited with God and live now and for eternity with him. But let me ask you something. Does that bridge reach all the way across there? No, the reason it doesn't reach all the way across there is that nowhere in the Bible does it say that if we do enough good works that we're going to be able to earn our way back to God. Because there's only one bridge that reaches across and it's not a bridge that man has provided and instead it is a bridge that God has provided. It's a kind of a funny shaped bridge, but I think you'll recognize it. It is the cross of Jesus Christ. And what we're saying is, is we're saying is that the only way that we can get to God is to invite Jesus Christ into our life in a unique way and relating to him like you don't relate to anyone else. And the scripture here says this gift that is in the person of Jesus is about inviting him to be your Christ and inviting him to be your Lord. Now, when you move from dating God to being married to God, the Bible says you ought to have a ceremony. You ought to stand up proudly. You don't need to be a secret disciple. You need to say so. And that's called baptism. Okay, here we go. And then we take them down into the water. Now, 
What's very, very important is that we understand the symbolism related to baptism. We're buried with Christ into baptism, and that's like when Christ was buried in the grave. But of course, we don't keep people under the water because Christ did not stay in the grave. After three days, he was resurrected from the grave, and when we bring somebody up from the baptism, it signifies the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You know, baptism is a tradition that goes all the way back to the Jewish time, because if someone was a non-Jew and wanted to be baptized into the Jewish faith, they would come and be sponsored by seven, several men or women, and they would stand around them, and they would go under the water to signify that they were unclean, and they needed to uh, be immersed in order to be cleansed, in order to become a Jewish person. Well, our symbolism is, is different. Again, it's the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Oh, okay. And so this is why we baptize. This is the form that we baptize. And really, we've been baptizing people here for 26 years. We've not lost anybody yet. Let me ask you today, what difference would it make if you looked at life through the lens of eternity? If when you face a temptation or if you face a choice, you begin to think, you know what, I'm not going to just live on this earth. I'm going to live forever. And I'm going to stand before my God one day, and I'm going to give an account. Even if my sins have been forgiven, I'm still going to give an account for how I spent my life, how I steward the resources that God allowed me to have. And my dad used to ask me this question. He would say, Steve, how much will that matter five years from now? Last Saturday, I attended, went out to West Texas, and I attended my grandfather's 100th birthday party. Family and friends gathered together, and uh, we sang happy birthday to him, and we listened to him tell some really great stories. You know, I asked him what, what difference did it make that Christ was in his life, and he talked about, you know, it made all the difference in the world. And you know what? It should. In verse 3 of our scripture today, it talks about, for you have died, and your life is hid with Christ in God. And every once in a while, you look at somebody, and and you say, you know, his life is sports, or you say his life is music. Well, for every one of us who have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ, it should be said of us, his life or her life is Christ. The most asked question as we have approached our 25th anniversary is people have come and they said, Pastor, did you ever imagine all that would happen? And the honest answer is no. But I also cannot imagine what God's going to do in the next 25 years.
Lake Point Church, at all of our campuses, will you help me in celebrating Steve uh, and his 40 years of faithful service here at Lake Point Church? You know, on this uh, Super Bowl Sunday, <laughs> it occurs to me that sometimes we get confused about uh, MVP, that sometimes we think uh, most valuable player is the most visible player. And the truth is, is over these last 40 years, that's not always been true. It's been true that sometimes the most valuable player is a student who comes from our student ministry and with other young people. Uh, work to raise money so that people in Ghana, West Africa can have clean water. On any given weekend, most valuable player is a greeter who works at one of our campuses. And they see a family come into the building and they're kind of overwhelmed with the size of our church and they reach out to them and they make sure everybody gets where they need to go. Need to go. There are times when the most valuable player at Lake Point is somebody who's led by the Holy Spirit to write a name on their impact card and they faithfully pray for them every single day until God opens up an opportunity and they say just the right word. And that person comes to faith and it's changed forever. Sometimes the most valuable player is a life group teacher who after working all week long to put bread on the table for their family gets up early Saturday morning and works on that lesson so that you can find out how to study God's word as they guide you through it. Sometimes the most valuable player is somebody who works in our nursery or our children's area. Oh my. <laughs> uh, like my mom and dad who have worked in the nursery for over 60 years in this church and other churches. Truth is, most, sometimes the most valuable player is sitting on the floor and they're covered with soggy Ritz crackers. <clears throat> uh, sometimes uh, the most valuable player is a pastor's wife. <clears throat> who uses her gift as a prayer warrior to undergird and pray for things that make all the difference in the world. Uh, she's become his most important encourager. Uh, speaks words of wisdom like, ignore that email. <laughs> most importantly, spends time with his daughters and uh, reminds them over and over again about what a privilege it is, not a burden to be a PK, preacher's kid so that they grow up still loving Jesus and loving Jesus' church. You know, I think it would surprise us when we get to heaven, we find out who really are the most valuable players. Most of the time, it's not the most visible players. Um, it's about team. And quarterback is important, but quarterback doesn't win a game, the team wins the game. Quarterback doesn't even get the ball if the defense doesn't do their job. 
the quarterback, if the offensive line doesn't do their job, he spends a lot of time looking up into heaven. <laughs> a good running back and a good receiver will make a bad quarterback look good. And I'm not leaving the team, but being on your team has been one of the greatest privileges of my life. Uh, I am going to move a little closer to the sideline and pick up a clipboard. And I'm okay with that. Because I know that someday that role might be on any given day the most valuable player. Because we're all on a team together. Uh, over the last 40 years, I've gotten more criticism than I deserved and a lot more credit than I deserved. I was talking with a church member uh, just last week and they said, hey, I'm not ready for this change. And I said, well, I am. <laughs> because this is the right time and Josh is the right man, don't you think? Wow, what an answer to prayer. He is an answer to our prayer. Uh, that church member said, well, I'm just a little sad. How are you feeling? And I said in a word, giddy. <laughs> yeah. But he said, well, I'm, I'm, I, he said, I believe that Josh is the right guy. He's such a great preacher and he's such a great leader, but I'm still a little sad that I'll never see the leader of our church repel from the ceiling again. <laughs> and I said, don't be too sure about that. <laughs> the more you can stand for that. I think that deserves a standing O. The more that I get to know this gentleman, the more I love him and the more that I respect him. Uh, this is a gift from God that's standing next to me. And so we want to pass a baton today. And the baton that I want to pass is God's word because uh, this church has never been about one person, at least not a human being. It's been about Jesus Christ. And this is the word that points to him. And I, I can't think of a better baton to pass off. This is a special copy of God's word because this is a little New Testament, a well-worn New Testament that uh, I used when I preached my very first sermon here 40 years ago. But I also 
want to say a scripture over Josh today. And it's a scripture that he's, I know, very familiar with. It's in Joshua, the first chapter. And in that passage, God speaks to Joshua. And he said, as I have been with Moses, I will be with you. And I want to promise you that everywhere you put the sole of your feet, that I have already given that to you. God already knows where this church is going to go in the next 30 plus years under this man's leadership. And God has brought him to this place for a reason to make a difference with this team. I want to read after that it says in verse 8 these words. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate upon it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have success. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not tremble or be dismayed. Why? For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. I'm going to ask some of our elders who are in this service as well as those who maybe have served on the elder board in the past to come here to the stage. And I want us to pray over Josh as he begins the very first day as being the senior pastor of our church. Would you join me, elders, please? And as they're coming, I'm going to ask you as a team member of Lake Point Church, I'm going to ask you just to take your hand and stretch it toward Josh right now as if you're here on the stage praying for him as well. Will you do that? And we're going to do something we don't always do here, but in just a moment, I want to ask you to pray a prayer out loud. I want there to be a symphony of prayers that Josh hears, knowing that not only this day, but in the days to come, you're going to be lifting him up. And then I'm going to ask Ken Hickman, who's served on our board several times, if he will, to voice a prayer on behalf of all of us, and then I'll close. Would you just pray out loud right now for Josh? Our Heavenly Father, um, we live in a fallen world, and over these past 40 years, there stood a church that's, that's represented you, Father, and it's had a leader that's represented you. He's, he's a great pastor, a great leader, a great husband, a great father, a great grandfather, and a, and a great friend. We thank you for that, God, and, and then now, having spent this past year with Josh, I'm 100% confident that looking at Josh, that he's a great leader, Father, a great pastor, a great husband, and a great father. And God, we just, uh, we stand here with two men that lives do nothing but point people toward you. And we're so thankful for that. Precious Father, we thank you for our new pastor. Pray that you'll 
guide him, empower him, provide for him, protect him. Thank you for Jana, the sweet kids. I just pray to Father that you'd wrap your arms around that family and continue to love on them as he leads and loves on us for everything that has been we say thank you and for everything that shall be we say yes yes and yes again in the name of Jesus Christ amen thanks for listening today for more biblical teaching and worship Join us for our church online live weekend services on Saturdays at 5 p.m. and Sundays at 9.30 and 11 a.m. Central Standard Time. For more information about all the digital ministries of Lake Point, visit lakepoint.church/digital. digital.